Welcome in to the OBR Trade Deadline Special. My name is Brad Ward. That is the fantastic Andrew Spade. Dressed according to the uh, frigid weather, at least here. Uh, is it frigid there, Andrew? Yeah, we just got some frigid weather here, so uh, it's time. It's time to. It's time to wear a hat with a palm on it. It's time to wear a hoodie. It's time to be. It's time to be a winter. It's time to be a winter guy. So I'm, I'm okay. a winter guy now. I, I like that. I do. I like it a lot. Uh, all right. As everybody filing into the chat, make sure we appreciate. Uh, we appreciate you all showing up here for our trade deadline breakdown. Um, not as much to talk about as maybe we had hoped, uh, Andrew. Yeah. Um, if you are over at Twitch, we appreciate you always. And if it, you're at YouTube, make sure you hit like and subscribe. It's a, uh, it's a free show. So atone for your sins and hit that button. There right. You go. Yep. All right. Um, before we get into the Browns, let's go over a couple quick things. Some uh, some trade deadline news, if you were not paying attention. Uh, Washington, very much uh, in a uh, state of selling Andrew Chase Young to the 49ers uh, for a third-round pick. Montez Sweat to the Bears for a second-round pick. Um, what else did we have go on today? Uh, Packers traded for cornerback Rasul Douglas. Sorry, me. They traded him to the Bills. Mm -hmm. The Vikings traded uh, guard Ezra Cleveland to the Jaguars. Um, and uh, Josh Dobbs was traded from the Cardinals to the Vikings. That's about it, really. Uh, and, of course, Donovan Peoples-Jones gets traded to the uh, Detroit Lions for a 2025 sixth rounder um mm -hmm. there was jp uh i want to get his name right jp finley uh released some rumors uh early and on in the day that the browns were going after Brissett or efforting him mm -hmm. um and uh that in the end uh they had him on 92.3 the fan i heard him come on and they basically was like they're done it was about 20 minutes till four it was like they were done they no got nowhere close uh the browns offered a sixth they were looking for a day two pick uh for Brissett, which seems kind of wild but uh when you have all the leverage i guess that's what you do right i don't know uh so let's start there uh, Andrew, as you know, we talked the other night about this. Uh, you are a fan of or, or of attempting to get uh, Brissett. Kind of talked me into it a little bit too. Is the more, uh, you know, the more I, I thought about the unknown surrounding Watson, the more I felt a sense of urgency to do something with this. So, how do you feel about before we get into DPJ? How do you feel about what happened with Brissett today? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the reporting, obviously, about the uh, what the commanders wanted and what the Browns offered, you know, I think is a little bit suspect um, just sure. in terms of it just doesn't make any – I don't know how you could be on a phone call with a straight face and say uh, what what these other teams gave up for Montez Sweat and Chase Young, that's what we want for for Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, who's a free agent in 10 games. That that's I mean it strains credibility to think that anybody could even say that. Um so, you know, to me, I think it it really says more that the Browns never made a, a serious effort and so the Commanders you know, uh were are trying to to basically drum up business by say, you know, trying trying to make this into a, a more of a conversation by leaking that and it, it just it feels to me that the Browns never really made a, a, a genuine effort because I think if they had, I, I think players are available. You know, for a team like the okay. Commanders that is likely going to be cleaning house in a, in two months, hiring a new general manager and a new coaching staff, starting fresh, there's just no value in a player like Jacoby Brissett between now and then. So if the Browns had made a good faith effort, I think they would have gotten it done. They didn't, which tells me that they are – for better or worse, comfortable with the quarterback situation that they have currently. So, you know, I think it's a big risk because my argument for Brissett essentially was that 
there are a bunch of different scenarios coming down the road here where the quarterback of the Browns is going to be a guy that just can't stop turning the ball over, whether it's PJ Walker. We've seen how that's been the last three weeks or Donovan, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. We saw how that was before the buy. I think there's a chance he could improve, but I mean, if you think back to the Baltimore game, he was mostly throwing the ball to the other team. There were, there mm-hmm. were more interceptable passes than what he threw and he threw three picks. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, Watson in his compromised state threw two turnover worthy plays in like what three drives against the Colts. So um, the, the main attraction of Brissett is that if you get to a position where you say Watson can't control the football and can't stop throwing to the other team or throwing it up for grabs or whatever, and our backups uh, similarly can't control the ball. At least we have a guy, Jacoby Brissett, who we know, if nothing else, can take care of the football. You know, he had, uh, I think it was eight turnovers last year through 11 games, seven or eight turnovers. It was, it was seven, yeah. seven turnovers through 11 games. That's, you know, the, the Browns quarterbacks through seven games this year are responsible for 14. So yeah. that's the whole conversation is about turnovers because this offense right now without turnovers is functional. But with these turnovers that they're 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 handing to the other team two, three times a game, it's torpedoing any chance they have of scoring, you know, outscoring the other team, holding onto the ball, playing ball control. You can't have it if you just keep throwing the ball to the other team. Yeah. So I guess you're you made me feel a little bit better about this, actually, strangely from that, because here was my thought, right? Like my thought was JP Finley's reporting this. If the Browns really are making an effort. Let's take him at his word for a second, hypothetically. Sure, if sure, they hypothet- yeah, if they mm-hmm. hypothetically were making an effort for Brissett, that tells me that Watson isn't ready this week. Right, right. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's probably not ready next week. Or yeah. they're not sure right. if they're going to make an effort to get him. Mm-hmm. So if you are actually making an effort to get him and then you don't get him, yep. that tells me you needed him but you didn't get him, and that scares the shit out of me. Sure. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I, I mean, I think I think that it's much more likely that they think they don't need him, but that then, Brad, becomes a question of, do they think that they don't need him because they feel really confident, or do they think that they don't need him because they figure if Watson's not Watson, the season sunk anyway, and so we might as well hold on <laughs> to all of our assets? Oh, I hate to think of it that way because – you know, Andrew, I, you know, and I just wrote it yesterday in my article today, but like they don't need elite, like you're to your point. Right. They don't need elite. They just need a game manager who will hit the open receiver when he's there mm-hmm. and not turn the ball over. Um, and I think they would be okay with that. So yeah. that's, well, you know, so, that's, so- yeah, I saw somebody on, on Twitter today reminding us, I think it was Kolb, uh, reminding us that last summer we tried to use the tea leaves of who they signed as a quarterback to indicate how long Watson was going to be suspended for, right? So they yeah. signed Brissett, and then the, the suspension stuff went on and on and on for months and months, and they never signed Jimmy Garoppolo, right? They never made an effort for a different player or traded for Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever. And, and there was a while where one of the strains of thought was, if they didn't make that move, they must be confident Watson's getting fewer games, right? And then yep. that turned out to be rooted in nothing. So I, I just think it's – I don't think that you can read these tea leaves to understand what's going on with Deshaun Watson. I think we know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. He has a deep, deep bruise that is affecting his ability to control his throwing motion. Yep. And we don't know if or when that will go away. That's the truth. Yeah. I, I think that's the truth, too. And the the question is, so I get this feeling. So where are you at with quarterback this week, then? Let's just take it, you know, sure. at, at the closest thing. So Brissett's not on the roster. They didn't make a move for anybody. Uh, well, let me ask you this question first, Andrew. Do you think that they will attempt to sign a Carson Wentz? Uh, do you think that they I will I'm go? Probably not somebody of that caliber of name, but I think okay. I, I think they're at the point where adding somebody to the practice squad would make sense. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, just to have another name in the building because it's not about this week. It's about what if you need a quarterback in a month, right? And yep. you can't add somebody the week you need them and get them ready. So 
I think having somebody else on the practice squad makes sense at this point, uh, a, a sort of a additional developmental player. Uh, I don't know who that would be, but, uh, you know, I'm sure they've got a list. I would like to see them, you know, bring somebody else in off of their list at this point. So, but to, yeah. to your question about this week, um, yeah, I, I think that the fact that Stefanski was pretty vague about PJ Walker on uh, Sunday after the game and then Monday tells Very. me that they're considering Dorian Thompson Robinson again, which I think makes sense, right? The Cardinals have one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, you can give them the entire week of practice. Basically, it'll, they'll follow the same script as they did last week. Tomorrow, Watson's declared out. Robinson, Thompson Robinson's declared the starter. He gets Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to get ready. He goes out there at a home game against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. I think he's going to look a lot better than with, you know, relatively no practice and not a tailored game plan against Baltimore. Yeah. So makes sense. Yeah, I, I lean that way too, uh, just because of the non-committal to, you know, to uh, Walker. Uh, it feels like they're leaning back towards DTR a little bit, you know, this week. So I think yeah. you're right. I think you kind of nailed that. Um, it may, it does. I it didn't even take into account their opponent, but you're absolutely right. That does make some sense. Um, this week, uh, they, the big matzo ball is what happens next week when they go to Baltimore. <laughs> correct. Correct. Because there's, there's uh, not, there's not a good answer. That's the crazy thing, right? You can talk about yes. this week with Arizona, but what, would you want them to tell you ahead of next week in Baltimore that you'd be like, okay, I like that plan. Right. <laughs> nothing. There's nothing exactly. on the table. Right. Cause yeah. the, you know, the best case scenario probably in the long term is that Watson feels good enough to play, but is that really the best case scenario right. going uh, to Baltimore? Right. So right. making his return uh, against the Ravens yeah. in Baltimore where they can just beat the hell out of him for four quarters. Right. Yeah, it's it's it, it will be very interesting. I I think this week should go well, right? I mean, they should be able to have success against the Cardinals, and I think that'll make people feel good. Being five and three at the halfway point is like, I mean, how many times have the Browns experienced that, right? Yeah. Like, so you know, I'm not counting my chickens before they're hatched here, right? They still got to go do it, but the you know, and I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade. Like, let's enjoy this week. It's it should be a you know. Beautiful day on Sunday in Cleveland, right? So enjoy a win, enjoy a, a, a what should be an easy game. But when you're looking big picture, the question is all about going to Baltimore and then Pittsburgh at home. Who is playing quarterback for those games? Agreed. Uh, it's a great question. It's one that's very difficult to answer. Jack Duffin making the point here, and, and I guess it's kind of a big picture point, but if you, you aren't going through Bills, Dolphins, Chiefs, and Eagles in the playoffs with Brissett at quarterback... Um, I get that point, yeah. uh, but in this, in this NFL, in the league with this team doing what they're, what, what other options do they have? Well, really? I mean, all you have to do uh, is look at Nick Foles and, and, uh, yes. Joe Flacco, a, a, a team a that is point. running the ball. Well, has the screen game that the Browns have and the defense that the Browns have can absolutely get hot in the playoffs with the right, even a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett can get hot for three or four games. And it, it's a, you're talking about over the course of four games, if your defense is playing well, that quarterback has to make four, five, six throws, really clutch third down, you know, big play throws. I absolutely think Jacoby Brissett is capable of that. He's much more capable of it than P.J. Walker is. Yes. So, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I, I get it. And look, there's, there, there's absolutely two sides to this. And I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to lose my voice criticizing any of this stuff. And I understand the the path that they're they're heading down. I don't have a problem with it, but I do think here here's what I'll say, Brad. And I said this, uh, you know, Jake and I recorded a podcast for tomorrow, you know, for the OBR film breakdown. It is really hard at this point for this is the fourth year out of the last five that the Browns have the team and the fans have sold this as the year, right? Yeah. We'll go all the way back to 19. It was Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield, the dream team, right? And then 2000, we took the year off because it's like, who the hell is this Kevin Stefanski guy? Mayfield's terrible. And then that ended up being the year they were good. 21, we're all in. They almost beat the Chiefs. It's going to be you know a playoff year for sure. Falls apart. 22, we got Watson. Then the suspension. This year, it's it's they changed the name of the offseason documentary 
<laughs> from they, we're not building the Browns anymore. The the Browns are have been built. Yes, and here we yeah. are talking about who's going to be quarterback. Yeah. You know, and I I saw the comment that you put up there from Jack. It's not about being favorites. It's about being competitive. Right. It's about giving your team a chance to win. And I don't think you can sit here and tell me genuinely that any of the quarterbacks on their roster right now, giving them that chance. I, I, I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm trying to be realistic. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm with you. And I, I would just say to your, to Jack's point and to your, I think you make a great point about Flacco and the four games and it takes somebody just to get hot for a little bit. And certainly Brissett has an opportunity to do that more, but I would even go even more practical than that even Andrew and say I don't even need him to do that I just need him to win the games in the regular season until Watson can get back all the way great so I don't need him to run through the playoffs like a you know like he's Patrick Mahomes I just need him to win the games they're supposed to win and give him a shot in the tournament like that you know maybe maybe you can get Watson right by then we don't know right but w- because right. we don't know, that's the reason I think you should have made the move. Um, because there's no answer, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the certainty so. that you're paying for. You are paying for the certainty. You know, it, and, and and I, again, I'll go back to what I said before. I don't believe Albert Breer's report that they were demanding a third round pick. I don't believe that a, an NFL team would say Jacoby Brissett and Chase Young are equivalent in value. It doesn't make any sense. It's it not seems logical. Crazy. So. It, it, the truth is, you know, if the Browns offered a six and the commanders were asking for a third, the truth is in between, right? So the Browns have three first, five, sorry, they, they have three fifth round picks next year. I think if they offer them the Arizona fifth round pick, which they got from for Dobbs, that's going to be the first pick of the fifth round. I bet that got it done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I It's hard to argue with that. I, I can't imagine because it also gets $2.5 million off their books. Right. They're selling. Yep. Like, why would they not want to do that, right? A- right? After you've already basically surrendered your season. Yeah. And it, listen, if they want a back, backup, you can hand them PJ Walker. He's yeah. proven yeah. that he can, you know, keep things afloat for a week or two. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, let's go to the other news of the day. So uh, the Browns decide to... Um, you know, in the waning moments of uh, the trade deadline, uh, they get rid of Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's in a contract year. Uh, they get a sixth-round pick in 2025, so it's not this draft. It's a year out, uh, which is what they paid for him or drafted him at. Um, what were your thoughts on on this? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, I, I know that he's probably Donovan is probably happy, right? Because he wasn't getting the ball and the lions have a pretty high flying offense and they spread the ball around, right? They have gotten Josh Reynolds involved. So, uh, Donovan people's Jones will get the ball in Detroit. He will play, he'll get the ball. And I think that's what he wanted. You know, he's from Michigan, all, all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. From a Browns perspective, you know, so so I guess I guess where I was going with that is you know give them credit for doing right by the player I suppose right if you know if his if his sure. agent came to to Andrew Barry and said hey he's not getting the ball he's getting tired of running forty routes and not getting a target you know like can we find a different team for him um, from the Browns perspective you know obviously they've got Cedric Tillman they have some wide receiver depth my concern here would be. You know, and again, this is we're talking about hypotheticals, but what what do the Browns what does the Browns receiver core look like in the event of an Amari Cooper injury now? Yep. That's the concern. That's ultimately what the concern is. Because you can say that Donovan Peoples Jones wasn't getting the ball. I think that's largely a product of how broken the passing game has been. The quarterback. In the, yeah. In, yeah, in the four games since Watson got hurt. If 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 the Watson from the Tennessee game has played the last four games. Donovan Peoples-Jones probably has 20 to 25 catches at this point. Yeah, I I agree. Listen, I don't like this. I'll flat out say I don't like it. Um, I know that, you know, Jack, I get your point. I I understand it. I'll say this. I understand it, right? Like, there's no guarantee you're going to get compensation in the offseason for him. He could have walked in free agency. 
and you get nothing, right? Yeah. Pro, you know, that's what, so that's the case a lot of people are going to make. Oh, you got a sixth for him? Good. That's fine. A lot of people are like, oh, we want to see Tillman. And I'm all for seeing Tillman. But let one thing I don't think people realize is Donovan Peoples-Jones, despite his non-production, has led the team in wide receiver snaps this entire year. Mm-hmm. We're talking 65 to 70 snaps a game, Andrew. Yeah. And he does everything right. Part of what makes Donovan Peoples-Jones a valuable player is because he run blocks well. He's always in the right spot. He doesn't make dumb penalties. He does the 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 things that you want from a guy out mm-hmm. there. If he's not catching the ball, he's doing everything else correctly. Yeah. So I guess because he wasn't producing because the quarterback can't get off his first read, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, he's watch Jake's chalk talk. He's open every week on backside digs. On he's he's getting open. Just nobody that has taken snaps for the Browns in the last three weeks has the ability to get off the first read and get him the ball. Um, and I don't think that's his fault. I don't think any of this is really his fault. Um, so. And, and to your point, something that I've pointed out over and over, the Browns, we said last year going into the year that the wide receiver group was thin. They got incredibly lucky with health last year. Yep. And so far this year, they've gotten incredibly lucky with health. Mm-hmm. You can't bank on wide receivers being healthy for 17 games in the NFL season. You just can't do it. So if Cooper goes down... They're in trouble. Uh, and yeah, I see be, in the chat, you know. It would be more Tillman and Bell would be your starting wide receivers at that point, which right. is, you know, that's, whew, it's down there in terms of, you know, where that ranks in the league. That's putting a lot of pressure on Elijah Moore, who has not proven he can live up to that level of, you know, that uh, target share. So, yeah. I mean, and I would ahead. say, Andrew, real quickly, just yeah. even before, even, before injury, and I see people in the chat saying, well, if Cooper goes down, you're done anyways. No, I'm talking about like for a game or two right. that make right. like not right. just so just because somebody goes down for a game yeah. doesn't mean you're done. Right. Just or an a ankle guy goes down thought, for yeah, a game or two yeah. doesn't mean you're done. Do you have enough players to hold the fort down for a game or two? And certainly I think Donovan Peoples-Jones would help in that mm-hmm. instance mm-hmm. to go out and get a win in a game when right. Cooper's not 100%, right. can he step up? Yes, we've seen him step up. We saw him catch for 800 yards last year. Yes, right. the guy can play. So this this trade I don't like. I, I feel like but what's a sixth-round pick back for a guy? I, I, I just don't. His well, value on this roster to yeah. me is more than a sixth-round pick. In, it's in a sixth-round pick round. in a year and a half, too. That's the other thing yes. to keep in mind. So, so yes. you know, future picks typically are discounted around, right? So it's a seventh-round pick in this year's value. At that point, so basically what you're saying is you'd rather have a seventh-round pick than the possibility of, you know, making it through a game that otherwise you might not be able to win if Amari Cooper yeah, rolls an ankle or something. And and to your point, Brad, this could even be in a game, right? Like it doesn't mean that yes. Cooper misses the rest of the season. This could be first series, you know, Cooper comes up a little bit gimpy, has to sit out the rest of the game, but is ready the next week. But that game now, all of a sudden, your whole game plan changes. Do you have a guy that can step in? They're further away from that answer now. And that for a seventh round pick for a team that, again, I, I, I look, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to like make people feel bad here, but we no. were told all off season, this is the year for the Browns. Now I get that the yep. quarterback injury has changed the picture somewhat, but there is a cognitive dissonance that's building up here when every year you spend nine months being told this is your year. And then by October you're, you're like, Oh wow. I guess maybe it's not every year. Yep. 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 It's so true. Um, I, I was going to say too, Let's say there isn't an injury. Let's say they still get fortune. I just want to know, even this week, okay? So now you're going to tell me that uh, it's going to be Dorian Thompson-Robinson, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, right? He's going to start now, it's right? It's a great So point. you're going to get him ready, and then you're going to get him ready and replace 65 snaps with the likes of David Bell and Cedric Tillman right. uh, in the same week. Does yep. that seem smart? To you 
Well, and and especially, Brad, you know, we're talking about this as sort of like we're chalking this game up as a gimme, right? Like that one they should win. But you're right. Changing quarterbacks and changing out one of your starting wide receivers is a good way to screw around and lose a game like this. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's a a great point, you know, from you, especially with the defense all of a sudden struggling with some run game concepts. You know, Drew Petzing's going to have some stuff dialed up for the Browns. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a good point. I'll say this. I don't see the need to make this move. So, you know, again, I think does it come back to the team trying to do right by a player who has been a good player, you know, good soldier, so to speak, for the Browns for the three and a half years that he's been here? I think that even that maybe rubs me a little bit the wrong way because, you know, he'll be a free agent soon anyway and he'll get his choice of teams in in two, two, three months. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the the my overall reaction when I saw it was, well, why did they have to do that? You know, if it's a fifth rounder this year, it's a different conversation, right? But for for a draft pick that you won't even make until April of 2025, I mean, <laughs> that's it's it's a it's a tough pill to swallow. Again, considering that we heard plenty of rumors in the last week that the Browns were interested in adding players. Yep. So not only yep. did they not add anybody, they subtracted a starting player. Yeah. Uh, they did. And, you know, I'm seeing some comments here, you know, DPJ probably wanted out. Barry didn't want uh, to get nothing for him. Yeah. Sure. I, I understand. Sure. Yeah, I we, we completely understand the logic to the move. I get it. And they want to see Cedric Tillman. I get all that, too. But uh, I just think the timing, um, like if you are taking this season seriously, then I think that you say okay i can live with not getting a sixth rounder back a year and a half from now and i'd rather have the security of a guy that knows what he's doing in this offense for the last three years and produced than you know uh even if he does want to get out guys he's a good soldier and he would not have spoken up he would have played his role we know this about him um i just don't think yeah maybe they were trying to do by good by the player i just it's it not the end of like the world. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. I'm not saying it's the end of the world, but we're talking about the trade deadline. This is what happened at the trade deadline, and yep. I just think that uh, if they that they would have been better off keeping him for just you know depth. Depth Agreed. alone is a good enough reason. Yeah, for yeah. Me. I mean, again, he's a starting wide receiver on this team. The the, the fact uh, that he hasn't put up stats doesn't mean he like you said he's playing 65. He's playing a full complement of snaps every week, so they're replacing a starter. Yes. So That's a, for a team that now. is four and three and in the middle of playoff contention, the more that I like, the more that we've kind of gone over this and like you're reminding me that he's a, a full blown starter. It is kind of it's it's actually irking me more. So this has been a good. Yeah, <laughs> it's been yeah. a good process for me here. Yeah, it just, you know, we're not selling, right? We're, we're supposed to be buying. We're supposed yeah, exactly. to be leaning right. into winning. Yep. So don't get rid of a starting receiver, regardless of his production, which is probably mostly due to PJ right. Walker and yep. not him. Uh, yep. Instead, uh, hang on to that guy because you probably are going to need him at some point. Yeah, I, um, and I, we should definitely move on to something else because we're beating this dead horse pretty hard. But I'll uh, say one yeah. more thing. Um it just it really kind of also underlines how strange it's been that Cedric Tillman has been inactive the last few weeks because it does. I know he picked up that hip injury at some point and he missed the game because of that. But the last two weeks, I believe he's been a healthy scratch that I mean, maybe it's just the roster crunch and that's why they had to get rid of this receiver because they felt like they couldn't keep everybody else active. But uh, I don't know, man, it that so like the player that you're hoping to add or to replace you know, probably the majority of the people's Jones snaps is a player that has been a healthy scratch the last two weeks. Doesn't yeah. feel great. It doesn't feel great. No. Um, Watkins is still on the practice squad, Jason. Yes. Uh, um, so, you know, maybe, um, all right, let's see. Uh, you guys were, I there's a couple questions, uh, a couple of people asking in the chat, Andrew, why the Browns weren't in on, uh chase for a third rounder thoughts on that yeah i mean i think a large part of it is still where they're at with their draft capital uh after the watson trade they just are still in a position where they can't really afford to trade draft picks for players that often unless it's going to be a swap you know um if the player had anything to do with it he's definitely picking san francisco over cleveland anyway so there's that component um 
you know, my, my, my thinking with that, the other piece is if you're trading a third for him, you likely want to resign him. I don't, I frankly don't know how the 49ers are going to do that. Maybe they're not as worried about that because they're trying to win a Super Bowl this year, but yeah, uh, but if the Browns did it, you'd certainly want them to resign him. And I don't think, you know, already paying miles Garrett, it would be really tough to build the depth that they've built this year on the defensive line. If you're paying two top 10 defensive end contracts, because chase young is worth top 10 defensive end money. So uh, that would be the other problem there. And so, I mean, the 49ers, you know, they're kind of in sort of a New Orleans Saints type position where they've traded so much of their draft capital away or, you know, or the Rams from a few years ago. They've traded so much away that they're almost better off trading more of it to just be all in on this current version. And, you know, I think it was sort of low key a need for them. I mean, you saw the Randy Gregory move, uh, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. Um, they their defensive line depth is not what it has been. They're known as being that sort of a place, and they've they've struggled in that area this year a little bit. So, I think this was you know I I wouldn't say necessary, but I see the fit, and I think yeah. um, they're certainly much more hard up for for a, you know an edge player of that sort of you know caliber than the Browns are. I think. Um, yeah. It, but you again, you know, point. Brad, I'll just say like as of what a day or two ago people were saying the Browns were interested in at edge. Right. So I, I, I never thought it was gonna be a chase young type player, but you know, was there one more piece of depth that they could have added that, that, you know, that would have uh, allowed them to rotate a little bit more miles. Garrett is back to playing a, a vast proportion of the snaps. Uh, so, you know, I thought that maybe would make some sense to get him off the field a little bit more, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, like we just got done saying they, they did not, they did not make any other than these practice squad moves. They didn't make any moves. Yeah, no, no other moves. So, yeah, what? Well, so okay, so we can go over those real quick. The the practice squad moves, but I would just say I think you make a really good point about uh, the re-signing of him, right? Um, because if you're the Browns, you're thinking. At least I'm thinking. Uh, you know, and Jack, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this too. But like, I'm thinking Zadarius Smith um you know extension potentially right like if he continues to play well i don't and that probably eliminates your ability to right. do anything else along right. the edge yeah just a thought yeah i think that's possible i i think you know uh, to me age and injuries are a concern for him i i still sure i'm still waiting to hear what happened to him this past weekend because i i'm concerned that he's going to miss a game or two um it's hard to believe it's only Tuesday. We haven't even gotten a Wednesday report yet. So. Yeah, well, Stefanski did a really good job of just dodging injuries yesterday, yeah. which is pretty. I'll let I, I you. Mean, I'll let yeah. you know on Wednesday. He, he's doing that press conference at three o'clock in the afternoon. There is, yeah. it's literally impossible for him to not know the injury status of his players by yeah. three p.m. the next day. It's almost twenty-four hours after the game. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, there's a few injury questions out there, and then they added, yeah, they added Jaron Christian. Uh, Kenyon Drake and James Prochet to the practice squad. None of those guys are, you know, all-stars, pro bowlers, but they're all names, right? And they're all veteran players. So not the, you know, not not the worst additions. Mm, I think Zarius has been playing well. Uh, he may have gotten a poor PFF grade, but he was hurt. He got hurt in this game. Yeah, so. I don't think you can even use the PFF grades anymore. Yeah, they're a little wonky this year as well. But, yeah, I mean, he's been disruptive. I think he's been kind of uh, a lot of what has freed up what Miles Garrett is doing, just his presence. No, I agree. Field, he's to been be honest. Yeah, He's been great. Yeah. So, I, I think the question about re-signing him is a little bit different just because of his age. But Age. Yeah, yeah sure. But, but he has been great. That. And if he wanted to come back on a cut rate deal for next year, I would be in favor. Uh, Keith says got to sign Delpit too. I think uh, that'll be at the top of their list uh, of guys that they certainly want to bring back as well. Um, you know, we're seeing more stuff in here, and I know you got to go here in a second, uh, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, but the um, you know, just just real quick, a thoughts. You know, people saying it's hard to go all in when PJ Walker is your quarterback, but yep. I would just remind people in the chat again. I, I think that. The fact that they have a chance to go to five and three reasonably, they're going to be like eight point favorites probably, or they, I think they are right now going into this week. The, the, the chance that you have to go to five and three yeah. and the ability to just get by a couple weeks until you can get him back. Or if there is the hope of getting him back, 
I think is 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 what you have to hope for best case scenario, right? Like I don't think that uh, that's out of the question that he can return to the field and at least be an average quarterback, which we've already said that would be good enough for this team to contend. I think I feel like yeah. So, I mean I, yeah. I I think that there was a case. I you know I also have seen people say it would have made more sense to do it a few weeks ago, which I also agree with, frankly. You know, I I, I would have paid a, a higher price for Brissett two or three weeks ago. You know, if they'd pulled, sure. pulled that trade off at the bye week, I think everybody would have been giving them a standing ovation. So, you know, ultimately, Brad, this season is a carbon copy of 2021. And, it really you know, is. I think uh, a lot of people that followed the Browns closely at that time, myself included, uh, put a lot of the blame for how that was handled and how much uncertainty they lived with throughout that season on the, the exiting quarterback because we knew Mayfield wasn't coming back and it was easy to say, oh, he screwed this up for us. Yeah. Um, it happening again two years later and pretty much playing out exactly the same way uh, frankly has me rethinking where I allocated a lot of the blame from 21. Yeah. Because now I... What they have fair. failed to do in both situations is provide clarity. It's, it's 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 no more complicated than that. Your team, your fans, everybody needs to know who's going to be the quarterback. It it you know it is hard on a football team to get excited to play every week when you don't know who your quarterback is going to be. That's just the truth. People can say, "Oh, it, it doesn't is. matter. These guys are professionals." That's you know, the lo- every locker room is a is a very small community. And it's it's like it's like if you went to work tomorrow, you didn't know who your boss was going to be, right? And, and and the the culture and mood and feeling in those locker rooms is is fluid, right? Right. So, exactly. Right. Uh, and that's you know parenthetically, that's yeah. why PJ got the chance to start three games because he won the first two. You can't bench a quarterback that's on a winning streak. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it, it, you know I I would just say that it's been disappointing to be. I, and I'm not even necessarily trying to place blame. It's just been disappointing to be in this situation again. That's all. I agree. I agree. Andrew, you've been fantastic. Thank you for your time. I know you got to run, man. Uh, thanks for stopping in and doing the show sure. uh, tonight. Uh, a little impromptu as uh, Mike is out with the kitties and a couple other guys out with the kitties doing trick or treat. So yeah. thanks for coming on. And uh, I'm glad we could get to chat about this. So uh, yeah. appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me on, Brad. Uh, thanks for doing this uh, last minute to you know <laughs> give people a chance to vent about the trade deadline. It's always a pleasure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Andrew Spade, everybody, go follow him on Twitter and uh, make sure you uh, tune into uh, Jake's podcast where Andrew is featured often. Thanks, All Brad. Right. Happy Halloween, man. All right, you too. See ya. See ya. All right. Big thanks to Andrew for stopping in. Andrew, very, very intelligent and on top of this stuff so good to get his opinions on this stuff uh get to some of your questions here um before i uh get out of here but uh i see uh many of you um yeah so i saw the point in here and um dcu uh well it's hard to read what that is there dcu toe juice that's different, but that's okay. I like it. I can dig it. Uh, your dog, got good-looking dog there is your avatar. Nice. All right. Uh, it says DTR starting. It feels that way, right? Like, so uh, there were some comments about um, PJ Walker messing it up again. Um, yeah, it feels it feels that way. The non-committal to... Um, the non-committal to PJ Walker on Monday obviously feels like that it might be DTR time, right? And uh, that's kind of uh, what what we uh, are looking at. Like, th- that's the only other option for the Browns at this point is to go back to DTR, and I thought Andrew made some really good points about it being against uh, Arizona, um, and uh, you get a week of preparation. I think it... I think that at this point now that PJ Walker has lost a game that uh, they can go back to DTR and say, listen, he got thrown into the fire unbeknownst to him, no preparation that week. 
you know, they thought Deshaun was going to play. He kept saying he was going to play. The Ravens game, he got thrown in. It was too much for him. Can you get him ready for a week against, as Andrew said, the worst defense, one of the worst defenses in the league? And can he look better? And can he be more um, of a game manager than P.J. Walker, who let's admit is a walking, talking turnover, right? Like he just turns it over. It's just what he does. And now while DTR did the same thing in his start, uh, I think that with a week of preparation, it's certainly worth seeing what he can give you this week against uh, Arizona, it can't be much worse than what P.J. Walker is giving you. Now, listen, I'll say this about P.J. Walker. He plays with some grit, right? He plays with some moxie. He steps up. He's made a few throws with guys in his face that have been like, dang, man, that was actually a good ball, a good throw. But but come crunch time, he just gives away too many points, right? He just gives it away too many times. Uh, seven turnovers in three games, right? So, listen, the Browns are lucky to be at four and three. Um, <laughs> I that would be great, right? Hopkins gets released and signs with the Browns. That would be uh, epic. Um, uh, Watson, let's see what we got going here. Watson should be playing. He will never get to 100% healthy this season. Keith, I uh, listen, I think that he will play. Um, I think that, I think that he does, right, he's not going to be 100%, but he has to be able to, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that he has to be able to throw the ball in a comfortable fashion where, like, he feels like he can put enough on the pass to get it to where it needs to go to beat a corner or beat a safety. Like you don't want him out there not throwing certain passes because he doesn't feel like he can roast it in there like he needs to in a situation. Like I don't think you can put a guy out there and ask him to play starting quarterback in the NFL if he doesn't have faith in what his arm can do. Um, So I would just say that I think they feel like he's going to be ready um for this uh Ravens game. Um and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not sure. He obviously can't throw far and on point. Yeah, I, I would agree with that that thought there, uh, Carrie, that uh I don't think and and this is a great point too. Yeah, it would be ideal warm up game for him. I think that and even Zagura has said that multiple times on CBD, like the ideal, ideally you would have came out of this with him having the opportunity to play against Arizona, a nice ramp up into Baltimore, right? That would have been ideal. But I mean, guys, you watch him on the sideline. He won't even lift his right arm. He's cheering with his left arm on the sideline. I mean, giving high fives with his left. So, what? I don't not reading in there that means anything. I mean, he might have had it in a sling or something, but I mean, uh, it, it just feels like there is more with the micro tearing and the uh, as the residual swelling um, that he obviously can't get the ball down the field like I, I, the this national narrative that he doesn't want to play or he's fallen out of Mike Florio's narrative that he's uh, fallen out of love with the Browns and that he's there's somehow some kind of a weird I, I don't believe that I honestly think he's hurt and can't throw the ball uh, and I think that when he can throw the ball and he's okay to do it that he'll return um, and that's just where I, I just think the the worst thing about it, the scariest thing about it, and even talking to the doc that's been on our show a couple times at All Eyes on Cleveland, it's it's not a, there's no straight straight up timeline for this, right? Like we don't, he doesn't know, we don't know when he's going to feel good enough to be able to go out there and be the starting quarterback for the Browns again. Uh, it does not seem, I would agree with you, like he will be 100% this season. Um, so, yeah, 
yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think that they should have made a move. Um, I think it's almost negligent not to because even if he returns, you don't know how long he will be effective or if he gets if he gets hit in that shoulder again, does he miss more time? Um, and if your only answer is DTR and PJ Walker for the rest of the season, when you could have had a veteran like Brissett there, I, I, I have to agree with you and think that if they could have pulled off the deal today, it feels like they should have done so. Uh, yeah, agree. Carrie, uh, I can't believe we get it. Yeah. I feel your eyes frustration, um, on not getting a quarterback, but, uh, you know, we t already talked about, you know, the idea that they actually tried to get a quarterback and then didn't scares me more than to what Andrew said, where like they, he felt kind of like they didn't make a good faith effort to really go after him. And if they would have, they would have been able to get him. Um, because if they're not willing to go forward and make a good faith effort to get him, that gives you somewhat of confidence that maybe Watson's closer than they appear. But if they actually tried to get him and then weren't willing to give up uh, a day two pick as being reported, then that really scares you, right? Because if you're trying to get him, then he's not ready this week. He's probably not ready next week. And you don't know what's going to happen beyond that. So, uh, odd, odd trade deadline ladies and gentlemen uh we wanted to come on and talk about it really really good stuff um from andrew earlier uh this injury will be an excuse for him all season yeah i i he that is another thing that bothers me right like no matter what he does performance wise the rest of the year this is a built-in there's so many layers to this situation it, it's incredibly frustrating as a Browns fan, right? Like, there's a built-in excuse. You're absolutely right um, for him when he returns. And whether they, there was good football that came prior or after, um, there's already a built-in excuse there for the rest of the season. So, um, but listen, uh, the Browns are 4-3. and three. They're incredibly fortunate to be 4-3 and three at this point. They should be 5-2. and two. But they are four and three, and you know they got through those last three games with you know subpar quarterback play at two and one, and that tells you something about this team, right? This team's grit, this team's fight. They go down fourteen nothing on the road in Seattle, and they fought back like hell. That tells you something about this team, right? A lot of teams around the NFL just packed it in on Sunday. Uh, the Chiefs packed it in on Sunday. Other teams just were, were cool with the scheduled loss, whatever. The Browns did not do that, um, and uh, they fought like hell. Uh, Adam doesn't mind the lack of moves. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, uh, I'm just. Uh, I would have rather kept DPJ for security. Um, because he does, he is a starter, and he does play sixty-five snaps every week. I don't think some people realize that he plays more snaps than any other wide receiver, and I don't think I think his lack of production is more about the quarterback than him. Um, so just uh, if you're really about winning this year, then what's the sixth-round pick in two thousand twenty-five to make sure you have a guy that can go up and get the ball? It is, that's my thoughts on it, and and obviously I would have preferably gotten Brissett today. It would have made a lot of sense just because we're operating on a timeline with Watson that it is the this the field goal posts just keep moving right. So we don't really know what's going to happen there. So if you did have Brissett, you at least have somebody that you can count on to find the open receiver, go through his progressions, and not turn the ball over at a high rate, not hand points to the other team. And I think that that's really, if this team would have had that on Sunday, they win, right? So that's where we are. 
Thank you all for tuning in to the OBR. You guys are all fantastic. I appreciate all of your comments. And uh, this is a weird one, right? This is a weird trade deadline. This is a weird week uh, with Arizona coming to town. The Browns will be favorites. Feels like they might be leaning back to DTR. We'll find out for sure tomorrow. But that's just kind of the feeling we get. Um, and uh, great job from Andrew Spade. Uh, so hopefully we uh, filled in. Uh, adequately here to discuss everything that happened today. Not trying to be negative at all, just telling you how we feel about the moves. And listen, I still feel like this team can do things this year. Haven't given up on them at all. Uh, go Browns is right. Uh, and, uh, you know, DTR with a full week of prep against Arizona could be really interesting. Maybe he provides a different kind of answer, right? In, in the, uh, in the meantime, maybe not, but we will find out. Uh, hopefully, who's going to start tomorrow. Uh, I kind of hope that it's him. And uh, we'll see what he has. And uh, the Browns should find a way to win on Sunday to get to 5-3. and three. And at 5-3, and three, you're in a good spot with a chance, right? So, um, I think that we all would have taken 5-3, and three, even with healthy players. Uh, at the beginning of the season, let alone without Nick Chubb, Jack Conklin, um, and uh, your starting quarterback for the majority of the season. So thank you all for tuning in. This has been another OBR production, uh, the trade deadline special. I am Brad Ward. That was Andrew Spade earlier. You are all fantastic. Hit like, hit subscribe, tell a friend. I'll see you on Thursday for All Eyes on Cleveland. And with that, we're out.